I spend a lot of time talking about dry vaginas. I mean, I wrote an entire book about dry vaginas and the impact of genitourinary syndrome of menopause on your sex life, on your day-to-day comfort, and on bladder function. But vaginas are not the only thing that gets dry during menopause. Today, I'm talking about another area of the body that biologically actually has a lot in common with the vagina, and that's your mouth. I mean, honestly, I wasn't planning a segment on the relationship between vagina and mouth. And then this question came in. Hi, my name is Allison. I was hoping you could comment on xerostomia and treatment thereof and whether hormone therapy helps that. Thank you. Xerostomia is dry mouth, and that's today's topic. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. When it comes to menopause, midlife, and what comes after, I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. If women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information. Okay, so what do mouths and vaginas have in common? For starters, they both depend on moisture to function properly. They're both lined with mucosa, a soft tissue that keeps things moist and is a protective barrier. And they both need to maintain a proper pH to ensure that they're populated with healthy bacteria. Both the mouth and the vagina are loaded with hormone receptors. I'm going to leave it up to you to figure out other similarities. A few months ago, I interviewed Dr. Cheryl Kinney about the impact of hormones on voice changes. And she pointed out that there are estrogen receptors on the vocal cords, which is why estrogen depletion causes significant changes in the voice. In that episode, we talked about how estrogen therapy can be career-saving for professional singers and voiceover actors. You don't want the Little Mermaid to sound different just because she's gone through menopause. But estrogen receptors are not just in the larynx. They're also found throughout the oropharynx, including the salivary glands and the soft palate. So yeah, The oral mucosa and the vaginal mucosa have a lot in common, including that both go through changes once estrogen levels drop. Now, as you know from listening to so many of my other episodes, up to 70% of women experience vaginal dryness postmenopause. And while the number of women that experience dry mouth isn't quite as high, over 30% of women over the age of 65 say that their mouth is a whole lot drier than when they were 20. Now, before I get into the estrogen connection, menopause isn't the only thing that can cause dry mouth. Medical conditions like diabetes, amyloidosis, sarcoidosis, Sjogren's syndrome, and a lot of infections can dry things up. Chemotherapy and radiation also impact saliva production. Smoking and vaping dry out mucous membranes in every age group, but much worse in older women. And cannabis use? even if it's an edible or a tincture, can have an impact. In my cannabis episodes, I mentioned the anecdotal correlation of cannabis, not just with cotton mouth, but also cotton vagina. The most common cause of dry mouth in the over 60 crowd, medication. So many medications decrease saliva production. Anticholinergic drugs that treat overactive bladder, allergies, and asthma are high on the list. Oxybutynin is one example. Oxybutynin is used to treat overactive bladder and is also used off-label to help hot flashes. And given that a lot of postmenopause women have both an overactive bladder 
and hot flashes, oxybutynin is a pretty common cause of dry mouth. Antidepressants such as Cymbalta, Celexa, Lexapro, Paxil, Zoloft, and Prozac not only can potentially dry up your sex life, but can also dry up your mouth. There are lots others, and if you have dry mouth, the first thing to do is check to see if one of your medications is the problem. But menopause is definitely on the list. This is not new information. A study published over 20 years ago established that estrogen and progesterone receptors are not only found in the salivary glands, but play a huge role in the amount of saliva that's produced, which is why saliva volume correlates closely with estrogen and progesterone levels. This presence of hormones in saliva led to attempts to measure hormone levels by analyzing spit instead of blood. While it's true that estrogen is detected and measurable in saliva, it is a highly, highly unreliable method of determining your hormone levels. Estrogen levels in saliva change throughout the day and according to what you've eaten. Informed clinicians long ago abandoned saliva hormone testing, but there's still people out there doing it. They claim that salivary hormone levels are useful to customize compounded hormone therapy, which is ridiculous. So if you have someone who is following your hormone levels by collecting your spit, stop wasting your money. Anyway, multiple studies have shown that postmenopause women produce less saliva and have lower salivary flow rates than premenopause women. Aside from cotton mouth being uncomfortable, People that make less saliva can have a lot of other problems, problems with speech, swallowing, chewing, and bad breath. Why bad breath? Two reasons. First, one of the functions of saliva is to clear away food and debris. So that teeny tiny piece of broccoli stuck behind your back teeth is a lot more likely to stay put. Also, the changes in pH impact the oral microbiome and increase the presence of bad-smelling, sulfur-producing bacteria. So while not life-threatening, really unpleasant, especially if you're about to give a big speech or would like to kiss someone without worrying that your breath resembles old broccoli. Some women have alterations in the way food tastes, and not in a good way. Metallic, salty, just off. Estrogen actually doesn't affect the taste buds in the tongue, but it can alter the perception of sucrose in the taste receptors of the oral soft palate. The bigger issue, though, is that saliva impacts taste, so dry mouth and a change in the way foods taste go hand in hand. Other women experience a burning sensation in their mouth due to the alteration of pH. It's beginning to sound a lot like vagina to me. As an aside, but an important aside, dry mouth is also associated with gum disease and bone loss, not just in the jaw, which can lead to losing teeth, but also in other parts of the body, such as the spine and hip. So any postmenopause woman who's experiencing dry mouth should definitely get screened for osteoporosis. In spite of this being information that has been available for at least 20 years, none of this is common knowledge. In a 2023 marketing survey of 1,000 menopause women by the Delta Dental Group, 70% of women over the age of 50 say that they noticed one or more symptoms, such as dry mouth, reduced saliva production, burning tongue, and changes in their gums. 84% of those women had no idea 
that those changes were associated with menopause. And no surprise, only one to 2% had ever discussed those concerns with their dentist or dental hygienist. So now that you know, what can you do about it besides live with it? Face it, from my point of view, getting rid of a dry vagina is easy. Local vaginal estrogen, DHEA, spemaphine, or vaginal laser treatments will get things back to their premenopausal state and eliminate the pain, the burning, the dryness, the urinary urgency, and the recurrent urinary tract infections. The mouth is a little more complicated unless you use your vaginal estrogen cream as mouthwash. Just kidding. Don't do that. I wouldn't have felt the need to tell you I was kidding if it weren't for those people that literally drank bleach to get rid of COVID. But systemic estrogen therapy used in the form of an oral pill or a transdermal patch cream spray or gel can potentially make a big difference. The studies in this area are a little mixed. Now, I admit this isn't something I knew anything about. So I combed the literature for articles when I was putting this segment together And I realized the reason I knew next to nothing about this was because pretty much every article I came across was published in journals like the Journal of Contemporary Dental Practice and the Journal of Oral Maxillofacial Surgery. I don't get those journals. I don't read those journals. Anyway, back in 2000, again, more than 20 years ago, in a study of over 300 women, systemic estrogen therapy was shown to increase saliva production. Subsequent small studies also showed that hormone therapy relieves symptoms of dry mouth. But in another study of over 3,000 women, the results of using estrogen therapy were mixed. Having said that, the majority of published studies do show that hormone therapy has a positive impact on dry mouth. Now, there are things you can do besides hormone therapy or in addition to hormone therapy to make things a little moister. Staying well hydrated is obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. And since saliva production is at its lowest at night, a bedside humidifier, especially if your room is dry, might be helpful. What you put in your mouth matters. No surprise, it's all the good stuff. Spicy food, orange juice, grapefruit juice, caffeine, and alcohol are all on the list. Those things don't cause dry mouth but they evidently can make an already dry mouth drier. And while good oral hygiene is really important, evidently the alcohol in your mouthwash also counts as alcohol that should be avoided. So let me give you some strategies besides giving up spicy food and wine to help your salivary glands kick into action. Vitamin C tablets evidently stimulate saliva production. There's one study that shows benefit with low-level laser therapy. Over-the-counter saliva substitutes in the form of a liquid spray or gel not only make your mouth feel better, but can protect the oral cavity from infection and bacterial colonization that lead to bad breath. Interestingly, milk can be used as a salivary substitute, also good for your bones. This is also an excuse to keep a stash of sugarless hard candy handy. As someone who hates the way gum chewing looks, I am reluctantly reluctantly reporting that gum chewing helps, but as far as I'm concerned, should be the absolute last resort. And news to me, there is such a thing as a salivary pacemaker. The newest version resembles a dental implant and is remote controlled. For women undergoing radiation-induced dry mouth, there are techniques to minimize radiation dose to the salivary glands and prevent dry mouth, but that needs to be discussed prior to radiation treatment. Prescription for estrogen is starting to sound 
pretty good. One thing that kept coming up while I was reading about this is how important it is for the gynecologist and dentist to have a, quote, close relationship. I have to confess that in my decades of practice, it never occurred to me to call someone's dentist to discuss hormone therapy. And I've never had my dentist ask me about the impact of menopause on my mouth, either personally or because I was a gynecologist. So should your dentist be asking women about mouth dryness as part of their regular dental checkup? Absolutely. But your vagina? Hi, Ms. Fofovnik. Any problems with your teeth? And how is your vagina these days? That would be weird really weird. And if your dentist asks to see your vagina, that would be a reason to find a new dentist. In fairness to dentists, the fact that most dentists don't ask about dry mouth when a woman enters menopause is forgivable. The fact that most gynecologists don't ask about dry vaginas is unforgivable. One question I couldn't find the answer to, are the same women that get vaginal dryness the same women who get dry mouth? I mean, not every woman gets vaginal dryness and not every woman gets dry mouth. So curious, is there a correlation between dry mouth and dry vagina? I don't know. I guess another reason why dentists and gynecologists need to have a closer relationship. I was also wondering if espemaphine, esphena, the oral selective estrogen receptor modulator used to treat vaginal dryness would help with dry mouth. I couldn't find anything in the scientific literature that addressed that question, but it kind of makes sense that it might. Just a thought. So with all of my unanswered questions, I thought I should talk to a dentist. It was time to have that close relationship I kept reading about, except I couldn't find a dentist who would talk to me. I don't have any friends who are dentists. My own dentist declined to be interviewed on tape. So I took to social media and direct messaged a bunch of random dentists, figuring people on social media would be more likely to agree to be on a podcast. There's even one dentist who in her bio said she specifically worked with menopause women. I thought, Eureka, she would be perfect. Except despite three direct messages, she never responded. Actually, two of the dentists did respond, but when they saw it was a menopause and sexual medicine podcast, they ghosted me. Go figure. So I remain in the dark if menopause and estrogen therapy is something that dentists ever talk about with their patients. But given that I have never, never, never had a woman come to me and say she was referred by her dentist to get estrogen therapy to help with her dry mouth, I suspect it rarely or never happens. But if any dentists are listening, take note, asking about menopause isn't crazy. Maybe you should be suggesting that your patients with otherwise unexplained dry mouth consider hormone therapy, especially since most women over the age of 50 see their dentist at least once a year, but rarely, if ever, see their gynecologist. Think of all the lives you would save by getting women to see a gynecologist that are otherwise skipping their annual visits. So Allison, you're not alone. At least 30% of postmenopause women have dry mouth, which can lead to bad breath, difficulty talking, burning in the mouth, a change in taste, periodontal disease, and potentially bone loss. The dryness may be from a medical condition, medications, chemotherapy, radiation, and infection, or lack of estrogen. And of course, it's very likely that there's more than one reason. If your antidepressant is already drying up your mouth and then menopause hits, it's probably going to get worse. And while staying hydrated, changing your diet, vitamin C, and other interventions may make things better, estrogen, in addition to helping your hot flashes, bones, bladder, brain, sex life, and sleep, will also get your salivary glands to kick in. So I am putting 
helping dry mouth on the ever-growing list of benefits to filling your empty estrogen tank. And if your dentist is willing to write that prescription, I'd love to meet them. Thanks for joining me. You'll find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. Go to drstriker.com to sign up for my free newsletter and follow Francie as she navigates her way through midlife, menopause, and beyond. Sometimes I